Hey, listen, with regard to us, we've been talking about this idea of true north this year, right? And, uh, and true north for us is truly, if we're Christians, is focusing on the person, the work, the majesty, our relationship with Christ. There's all kinds of ways that unless we're uh, truly focused on him, we can get off. If you're looking at a map, true north is not magnetic north. True north is not where you would naturally be pulled. True north is literally just straight due north. There is only one place on the entire planet where you can be, where no matter what direction you're moving, you will be moving in true north. Do you know where it is? The South Pole. The moment you take one step off the South Pole, guess what takes over? Magnetic north, if you've got a compass. So if this is me looking true north, trying to follow Christ, and I'm true north, I can take a straight step, just straight here, looking at him, looking at him, looking at him. And 15 degrees is magnetic north, and that doesn't sound like that much. 15 degrees is about this. But look what happens the moment I start walking 15 degrees immediately falling and tripping over stuff. And you know what? That's what happens when we follow the Jesus that we make up or the Jesus that somebody else makes up rather than the Jesus in Scripture. And so it's so important that we are following and that we are moving true north. All right, we're in the midst of a sermon series called The Unexpected Jesus. Let me give you a story of the unexpected Jesus. This is Luke chapter 8. A man named Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue, and he came, and this is what he did. He fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus was on the way, the crowds almost crushed him, and the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are all crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I felt power go out from me. Then a woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came and trembling fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. And she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, a synagogue ruler, and here's what he said. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, here's what Jesus said. Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house of Jairus, he didn't let anyone go in with him except for Peter and John and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead. She's only asleep. They laughed at him knowing. They knew. They laughed at Jesus knowing that she was dead. So now the house is empty, and he goes in and takes this little girl by the hand and says, my child, get up. And the text says that her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone 
what had happened. The unexpected Jesus. He gets to the home, and the girl is what? Dead. Very dead. Dead so much that everyone knows she is dead. Dead so much that when he says, stop, you're crying, she's not dead, she's asleep, the response is laughter. He kicks everybody out of the house, takes three disciples in, and just mom and dad. She's dead. He touches her. And, uh, and, as, uh, and as he does, her spirit, the Bible tells you, returned at that moment. Now she's no longer dead. She's what? Alive. Give her something to eat. Being dead takes energy, evidently. And then this line, don't tell anybody out there. I want you to check this out. Jesus comes to the people and says, she's not dead. But she is what? Dead. So question. Did Jesus lie? Is he bending the truth? Is truth on a continuum here? Huh. And if he lies, why? That's unexpected, isn't it? Talk about that for a couple minutes, and then I'll call you back and tell you why. You've got three. Find somebody to talk to. What just happened there with Jesus? Go. All right, let me pull you back. Remember, if you're going to follow Jesus, it's important that you follow the Jesus that's there. And it's important that you learn the lessons of who he is and why he does what he does. She's little. And dad is desperate. It's his only little girl. He's a ruler of the synagogue. And he does the unthinkable. He makes his way as he hears that Jesus is approaching out of the synagogue. And he puts everything at risk, his place in the community, his place in the society, his place in the synagogue, none of it matters. He's desperate for healing for his little girl. 
And he comes and he throws himself at Jesus' feet. Please come. For he's heard that healing rests in this man's hands. And Jesus begins the march forward. And as he does, the crowds are pressing him. And you can imagine dad is desperate. Out of the way. Out. Out. And all of a sudden, a woman, and that's a story we'll talk about another time, stops him. And he stops. And you can just imagine Jairus' just absolute frustration and frantic behavior as, as he's waiting for Jesus to finish. And now moving again, moving again. And at that moment, people come from his household, your girl's dad. Jesus isn't done yet. Just have faith. She'll be well. When he gets to the home, there are wailers there and there's mourners. And by the way, oftentimes what would happen with a, with a leader or a mourner is you'd actually pay people to come and to, and to cry at your house for you because your grief was so great. And you know their grief is not that great. Because when Jesus says she's not dead, she's only asleep, the response is not anger. What are you doing about it? How can you say something like that? The response is laughter. Fake tears. Fake wailing. Fake mourning. And Jesus will have none of it. He clears everybody and goes into the room. She's not dead. She's only asleep. And then he says to her in another text, little girl, Talitha kum, I say to you, arise. The Bible tells you that she was dead. And at that moment, her spirit returns to her. And then Jesus gives these words, don't tell anyone. Well, what's going on here? Did Jesus lie? Well, the answer is no. Because let me explain to you who he is. He is not you and he is not me. He is fully man, 100% with a day of birth. But he is also what? Fully God. The great I am, the one who exists before time and space and even now holds together the planets. John, you could go to it, the very first chapter, the very first verse. In the beginning was the what? The word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Go all the way to Genesis chapter 1, and God said, let there be light. And there what? And there was. Catch it. When God says something, it what? It is. And Jesus is the God who comes to dwell among us, but he is also the one who is beyond time, the one who holds all time together, who is beyond time and space, and yet for us comes into time to dwell among us. She's not dead. She's only asleep. Why? Because I said so. In my father's house are many rooms. If it weren't true, I would have what? Said so. I'm coming back to take you to be where I am. Why? Because I said so. When God says something, it is. But now check this out. Why does he do it? There's another story in the Bible where there's a widow, and he stops the whole funeral procession. 
and touches the son of the widow and, 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 and raises him from the dead. He comes to Lazarus' tomb in front of everybody and says, Lazarus, come forth. And everybody sees that. Why doesn't he do it with Jairus' daughter? I'll tell you why. She's little. She's a little girl. And Jesus doesn't care about his ego or what people think of him. He cares that day about what? A little girl. I want you to think about this. As that little girl gets up and goes outside, now everybody's left wondering, we thought she was dead. Evidently she what? Wasn't. Why does he allow them to think that? I'll tell you why. For her protection. She's a little girl and she's living in a village. She's not married yet. Doesn't have a future yet. It's not played out. Just a little girl to play with the regular villagers and everybody else. If it's known that that's the little dead girl down the street, who wants to play with her? If that's the little dead girl down the street, who wants to marry her? And in one moment, Jesus gives her her future. Because he cares more about the life of a little girl than he does about his own reputation. Laugh at me if you want. I'm for you. You know what? Sometimes we're worried about how we look in the midst of people. And the only thing that really makes the difference sometimes is our care of people. Sometimes we're worried about whether or not we're good enough or we look good enough among people to be acceptable to God. The only thing he cares about is your heart toward him. Sometimes we're worried about our own ego when really what we should be worried about is this. Whoever would be great among you must be the what? Servant of all. And so that's what Jesus does for just a little girl. She's little. Her daddy loves her. And so does Jesus. And he comes in and he takes her by the hand and says, come on, get up. And he gives her life back. And he restores that day a whole family. Let the laughers laugh and the scoffers scoff. True north is still true north. What does it matter what everyone else does? You follow him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, at this time and in this moment, we give you ourselves. You love us so much. No matter what anyone else says, you are not interested in the thoughts of people or in their opinions, but more than anything in your heart for us. For as we sang earlier tonight, you love us. Lord, I'm just going to ask right now, with all of your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if there's anybody in the room tonight that's thinking, I, I want to serve a Jesus like that. I'd like to give my life to him. 
If that's you, just do this so I can see you, nobody else. Just raise your hand real quick so I can see you. And we'll agree that this is the night that you give your life to Christ. Is there anybody in the room that would like to do that this evening? Just raise your hand so I can see it. Anyone? All right. Well, I've often said this. It's not a failure to ask the question and have no one answer. But often it's a failure to ask the question. Here in Connecticut, only 25%, and that's way too high, (laughs) of the people you know go to church anywhere and are following True North. Make it your prayer that maybe this year some who don't understand how gracious he is might come to know him. Maybe even in this place in future weeks. So Jesus, we love you and we give you the rest of this worship time even now as we rise to sing your praise. Amen.